Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 120 In my distress I cry to the Lord, that he may answer me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe is me that I am an alien in Meshech, that I must live among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Second Kings chapter 24, verse 18 through chapter 25, verse 21. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal, daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, just as Jehoiakim had done. Indeed, Jerusalem and Judah so angered the Lord that he expelled them from his presence. Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon, and in the ninth year of his reign in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came with all his army against Jerusalem and laid siege to it. They built siege works against it all around. So the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. On the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine became so severe that the city, that in the city there was no food for the people of the land. Then a breach was made in the city wall. The king with all his soldiers fled by night by the way of the gate between the two walls, by the king's garden, through the Chaldeans, were all around the city. They went in the direction of the Arabah, but the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered, deserting him. Then they captured the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, who passed sentence on him. They slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes. They put out the eyes of Zedekiah. They bound him in fetters and took him to Babylon. In the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard and servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord, the king's house, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every great house he burned down. All the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls around Jerusalem. Nebuzadaran, the captain of the guard, carried into exile the rest of the people who were left in the city and the deserters who had defected to the king of Babylon, all the rest of the population. But the captain of the guard left some of the poorest people of the land to be vine dressers and tillers of the soil. The bronze pillars that were, the ho- that were in the house of the Lord, as well as the stands in the bronze sea that were the house of the Lord, the Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried the bronze to Babylon. They took away the pots, the shovels, the snuffers, the dishes for incense, and all the bronze vessels used in the temple service, as well as the fire pans and the basins. What was made of gold, the captain of the guard took away for the gold, and what was made of silver for the silver. As for the two pillars, the one sea and the stands, which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord, the bronze of all these vessels was beyond weighing. 
The height of one pillar was 18 cubits, and on it was a bronze capital. The height of the capital was three cubits. Latticework and pomegranates, all of bronze, were on the capital all around. The second pillar had the same with latticework. The captain of the guard took the chief priest Sariah, the second priest Zephaniah, and the three guardians of the threshold. From the city he took an officer who had been in command of the soldiers, and five men in the king's council who were found in the city. The secretary, who was the commander of the army who mustered the people of the land, and sixty men of the people of the land who were found in the city. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. The king of Babylon struck them down and put them to death at Riblah in the land of Hamath. So Judah went into exile out of its land. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20-34 through 34. But in fact Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that this does not include the one who puts all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to the one who put all things in subjection under him, so that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what will those people do who receive baptism on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? And why are we putting ourselves in danger every hour? I die every day. That is as certain, brothers and sisters, as my boasting of you, a boast that I make in Christ Jesus our Lord. If with merely human hopes I fought with wild animals at Ephesus, what would I have gained by it? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Come to a sober and right mind and sin no more, for some people have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. We had a very long reading, and I'll keep the reflection very brief. Um, besides pointing out that we had our first prayer request, uh, which also served as an announcement of uh, for uh, my family growing slightly, um, which I hope will be an encouragement for others to send their prayer requests, both for things that they need, uh, grief that they need dividing, as well as joy that you, that, uh, you may need multiplying. Um, but yesterday, February 17th, is the feast day of a soldier saint. And any soldier saint that I know of that has some reliable um, historicity, I'll mention. Um, February 17th is the feast day for Theodore of Amasea. Um, he's sometimes confused with Theodore Stratiletis, which means Theodore the soldier. Amasea can be um, translated as Theodore the recruit. And each of these Theodores um, can are likely the same person. It's more likely that Amasea has slightly more historical credibility, even though it's not very much. Um, and Theodore of Amasea often gets confused with Michael and George because of, he's often depicted uh, battling a dragon or spearing a dragon. Um, 
Theodore of Amasea is very popular in the Eastern Church, the Earth Orthodox churches, um, but he's not nearly as well known in the Western churches. And part of that is because of this conflation with St. George, who is real, and St. Michael, who is depicted in, in ways that mimic um, uh, St. George starting in the 16th century. Um, I won't go into that, those details, but to mention that um, I don't, I try not to prefer the Western Church over the Eastern. In fact, I think the Eastern Church has a highly developed theology of military service and war. Um, but, uh, and I think it's important to cover bases that we don't always, aren't always familiar with. Um, the Theodore of MSA is a major saint um, after Demetrius or with Demetrius and George. Um, and I'd love to talk more about them, but their historical value is not the same, I suppose. Um, and finally, um, I did want to point out that in the reading, um, Samaritans, um, Samaritans are most known. You've probably heard that word from the parable of the Good Samaritan, the story of the Good Samaritan, who tends to somebody who's dying on the side of the road towards Jericho. And in the Old Testament reading from uh, from Second Kings, uh, you hear of the devastation of Israel and the captivity uh, under Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon. And there's this very kind of brief line, but it basically describes what happened. And then the king of the guard comes back and destroys Jerusalem and takes a bunch more people who are killed and kind of slipped in there is this mention that some people stayed back. Um, And the people who stayed back, um, the the poorest of the people, um, in verse 12 it says, the, the poorest people of the land... Uh, they were left to be vine dressers and tillers of the soil. These people who are left back, um, some traditions maintain, uh, become the Samaritans. So they have this historic connection to Israel and Judah. But the story, the attention shifts with the elite, um, many of whom get carried off into Babylon and are executed. Some of them live. But there's this habit in ancient cultures of of taking the the cultured members of society and leaving the less cultured people behind. And so this connection to the land, although significant, doesn't work to the benefit of the Samaritans who fast forward, I don't know, 800 years, they're now looked down upon by the people who were carried off into captivity, who lost a certain connection to the land and who yet maintain a, seem to maintain a certain sense of um, cultural or even moral or ritualistic uh, sense of superiority over the poor people who are not carried off and who are left um, in relationship with the land. A prayer for the lowly from the Gospel of Luke. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry, for you'll be filled. Blessed are you who weep, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account 
of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. <laughs>